Hello and welcome to the show today. I am your host and founder of Heaven to Earth, Susan Fleming, business alignment therapist equipping kingdom leadership to multiply life without burnout. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Welcome back to the show today. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, Arsamara Scalva, from employed to divorced single mom of two boys turned successful entrepreneur and author. Arsamaris knows how hard this journey can be. Her passion and expertise is in helping women heal from painful relationships to rebuild life on God's firm foundation. In 2011, she obtained her certification as a life career and master coach. In 2017, she was invited to be a member of the Forbes Coaches Council and also completed the School of Ministry from New Life Covenant. She is currently pursuing two coaching certifications in mental health and neuro-linguistic programming. Arsamaris, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Susan. I am I'm really excited for today um, to be able to just be here with you and, and share with your platform. Yeah, I know. I always enjoy our conversation. So this one will be recorded. We'll keep it, we'll keep it uh, focused. <laughs> Maybe. We'll <laughs> try. Yeah. So let's set the scene for the viewers and just take us back to 12-year-old Arsamaris. What is younger you doing? 12-year-old Arsamaris. <laughs> um, well, definitely... I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is a young girl who is trying to fit in, trying to really just know who she is because she looks different compared to everyone else. And by different, I mean, um, my parents are from the Dominican Republic. Um, and so here I'm from Chicago. And so at that time growing up, at least in my community, we were probably the only Dominicans. And so no one ever knew what I, they were just like, what are you? <laughs> um, I would get called different um, nationalities and I'm just like, no, that's not what I am. That's so I always found myself kind of just saying, no, that's not what I am. But then this kind of just opened doors to me um, putting on other, others, cultural and just ways of like thinking or even speaking. I, I believe my, my accent changed many times <laughs> when I was 12. Um, but even aside from trying to understand who I was and trying to fit in in a community that just didn't really know who I was or what I really represented um, during that season, I think there were some moving pieces also happening in my life. And one was I got baptized at the age of 12. Um, it was the first time um, in a conference that they were having at church. It was the first time that I could say, I felt the Holy Spirit mm. move within me. Um, and that, I think that was what really just established a foundation for my love for Christ. Um, during this season, I'm also embracing, you know what, let me say, not say embracing, I was not embracing. I was trying to understand some of those gifts that God had, gave, had given me. Um, so from a very young age, I always dreamed I had what people call visions, um, but it was almost looked down as like, that's not something to even talk about. And so it was, it, it was a season of a lot of understanding, but also getting to know who God was and, and really 
it was when I gave my life to Christ. And I think that kind of just opened the doors to, to other things. Um, during, during that time, I always, when I think back to my childhood, I always think of, I was always that person that friends and families would go to to kind of share their stories, their struggles, their pains, the breakups. I was always that go-to person um, to listen or, or to give advice. So I think that was, in a nutshell, that was the 12-year-old me. Yeah. So what, um, what denomination, I'm just curious, what denomination you were in? When so I grew up, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. So we, I mean, from the Sabbath, Friday, starting Friday nights to Saturday sunset, that's something that we practice um, from the diet, um, you know, not eating the unclean meat. And so it was, yeah, I, I was Seventh-day Adventist for a very, very long time. And, and I'm grateful for the principles that I learned. Um, I, I, I could definitely tell you, like, just understanding rest. That's one that today I'm like, okay, Lord, I understand why you said we needed to rest. Um, my understanding back then was not the same one that I have today. Um, but I could tell you that understanding what rest means, according to God, has really, really, has really changed my life in a lot of ways, both personally and also professionally. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Rest is definitely, well, you know, it's like the core of what I teach, yes, <laughs> you know, is rest um, for business leaders and what that looks like to operate your business from rest. And so that, that resonates with me. But um, I was asking about the, the denomination because I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and um, Holy Spirit really wasn't talked about. And so when I was having like visions or whatever, like I, I didn't have I just didn't have a frame of reference. I didn't have language for it. I didn't understand what was happening or what that was. And I was so afraid there was something wrong with me. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. So just curious your experience of that. Yeah. So for me, the Holy Spirit, it was, it was talked about, but not the way that I understand it today. And so for me, a lot of those gifts that I had were, you know, I'm here having visions. I'm having these dreams and then I see them coming to life. Um, you know, again, I'm from the Caribbean. So there is this notion of witchcraft. And mm -hmm. so it's almost as if don't dabble with that. Pray it out. I was praying out my gift. Wow. The only thing was that it never stopped. Yeah. It never stopped. And especially when I was married, it was so vivid those dreams became so heightened. And the moment that I even got closer to God, they became vivid. They made more sense, more clear. And so, you know, again, as I got closer to God, I just understood who I was and those gifts that he had given, he had given me. And I understood this is actually not a bad thing. The Bible does actually talk about visions. So, you know, it's almost, I always say it's important to know scripture because men could say whatever they want. But scripture is what's mm -hmm. going to give you the clarity, is what's going to give you the facts, it's going to give you the certainty, right? And so for me growing up, for a good portion, I thought it was wrong. As I got older and I started getting closer to God and diving into his word, I understood that I was not a weird person. There was nothing wrong with me. And this yeah. was actually a gift that I had. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. Just exploring our gifts. Um, I don't feel like is really encouraged enough, at least not in in the the churches that I've been in. <laughs> there really hasn't been that encouragement to explore your gifts unless it's a gift that is can somehow be incorporated into what you're doing within the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, when we talk about like the body of Christ, I mean, you're going to have those that are going to have that serving heart. You're going to have those that are um, going to be healers. You're going to have those that... I mean, there's just so many, the gifts of prophecies. Um, and I guess, yes, depending on which denomination, some of them don't lean into that. Others do lean into it. And so, again, I always say the word is clear and it's there for a reason. And mm -hmm. we're all part of the body and, and that body needs it in order to function and move forward. You had mentioned earlier about when you were younger, you were kind of the person that everybody just kind of came to with their stuff. Right. And <laughs> it made me think of like, you know, what you're doing now, right. And coaching. And so I'm curious at what point you, um, you got that vision or that understanding of who it was God was calling you to serve. So I think in life business, it takes time for you to accept. Right. But the first first time that I that I had that vision like it was vivid I was sitting in my high school auditorium and someone was speaking out in the in, on the stage and there were certain things that, that were coming out of this person's mouth that I just did not agree with and I was just like this is actually hurting us instead of helping us and right there at that moment I it was almost as if I I know some people don't believe in God speaking um like but I I heard it was, it was this inner voice that was just like, you're going to speak to people and you're going to be speaking life into them. And for that moment, I just, I saw myself speaking in front of so many people, but it was that stage. Um, obviously I'm in high school. So, and I walked out of the auditorium and I'm just like, okay, I don't understand. I don't understand what just happened, but okay. Yeah. I kind of left that as that. And then Fast forward to, um, I was in, I would say this is in the brinks of my marriage kind of just going downhill. Um, I was already working in coaching, um, but God was already tugging me as to number one, who I was called to work with um, and where. And so that day I call her my spiritual mom, mentor. Um, she she prophesied and, and she said, I see you speaking in front of so many women. And she described everything. Um, I want to say a year after I was invited to speak at a woman's conference. Um, and, you know, I don't, it was just, I, I say that when you actually take time to be still and see how God has been speaking to you all along, um, you see how he's been painting the pictures, even with the past, like I've had nine to five jobs. And even with my nine to five jobs, I feel like those were all training. <laughs> it was like a boot camp, preparing me for where, I, where I'm at, where I'm at today. Um, I used to actually always keep a box in all my different offices that I had. Um, and people will ask like, why do you have a box there? And I'm like, oh, cause this is not my final destination. <laughs> like I always knew 
this this office was just not it for me like there was something more i didn't know what it was and i always had this box because it was always ready for me to pack it and move to the next so mm, wow yeah i know one of the the things that you're really passionate about is helping women heal from these past painful relationships were you doing that prior to your divorce or did that come out of your own experiences so it came out after the divorce so i had been doing coaching um prior to and i was primarily working with um college students and graduate students but again the little boys <laughs> i was just like no you're gonna work with women and i kept on like kind of just lowering that voice down because i'm like okay i'm working with women right now but it was very it was very loud in the sense of it just kept on saying women women mm -hmm. women and I'm like okay it's still, I was ignoring because I was just going at a hundred miles per hour. I was just not being, during that season in my life, I was just so go, go, go. Um, God was not playing. He was not, he was not number one during that time. However, he was always speaking. And I just, I think I was just always running. Um, but that's where I would definitely say it became more clear as things started happening whether it was in my marriage or things that I was aspiring for. And so I was married for about 10 years. Um, not about, I was married for 10 years. Um, it was a very toxic, um, narcissistic relationship. We were just not healthy for each other. Um, and again, I, I do believe that God uses your mess, um, your rock bottoms to create something beautiful. If, if you make room for that if you're obedient. Um, cause I think I could have easily got, could have gotten mad and angry at God. Um, but because I was at this point, I was already, I was already building that intimacy with him. I was open to understanding, actually, I made this, this mistake, if they would say, right. I chose this route. I, I decided to get married to someone who was not as they would say, uh, what God ordained or called for my life. And so interesting enough, one day it was just like, start journaling, which that journal then turns out to be my first book, which then kind of leads to kind of hugging everything that I had been doing in coaching to where now it opens door and platforms to serving women. Cause now it's like, not only do I have the theory, but now I also have the real life experience. So now I'm relatable. Mm -hmm. Now people are connecting with me at a different, from a, at a different level, with a different understanding and appreciation. And so I would say that today, the way I'm, I'm operating, the way I provide my service and who I'm servicing, it's almost effortless, mm -hmm. no longer chasing no longer trying to fit in. It's coming effortlessly. And I do it with God by my side, which is, man, it's something that I, that I always wanted to do, to be able to include him in what I did. It's such a beautiful illustration of really just the, the authenticity that I see you show up with, you know, and to hear 
my journal became my book. Like it, it doesn't get more vulnerable than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how have you been able to, or, or maybe you could give a practical for somebody listening of how, how to really step into that identity, how to be yourself, how to connect authentically with the, the people you're um, in relationship with or the people you're serving maybe in your business? Yeah. Again, we go back to it takes, it takes a long time. And this is why I don't believe in comparison because you will never be able to compare yourself to someone else's time mm -hmm. because within that space, there's so much that goes on. Um, so you have to know who you are. I believe there's boldness in that. I believe that there's truth in that. And I believe that this is when we really could connect at a much deeper level with people and with our clients. Now, in order for you to really get to know who you are, which is, I would definitely say, and that was actually going to be one of my posts today. Um, I would say that's one of my biggest achievements, one mm. of them, getting to know myself. Mm. But, and this is where the big but comes in. In order for you to really get to know yourself, you have to know him. Mm. And by him, I mean God. There's a verse in Corinthians. I can't think of the, num of the exact verse right now, but it says that as you get closer to God, there's a veil that's removed. And so for me, my understanding is that the more you get closer to him, the more there's different layers of of um yeah of layers right of veils that are removed and these veils could be beliefs these veils could be limitations fears you know all of those negative things that are kind of holding you back but what are keeping you from really being that woman that God created you to be that woman that man and so in order to really know yourself there is just no way you have to know him first and through him you get to know who you are the real you not the the different masks that we are you know taught to kind of just apply to ourselves in order to fit in or in order to be accepted in order to be okay you know in the eyes of everyone else i do believe that as a believer we're not called to have that complacent life right where we're kind of just being yes Yes, and being that nice person, not that, and, and I always say this, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, they, when, I, when they first meet me, they're like, what do you mean don't be nice? There's a huge difference between being nice and being a good person. Mm. Nice, being nice will get you hurt. <laughs> it would, you're, yeah, the real you is just not, when you really think about it, the being nice does not open doors for the real you. Mm. You're actually shutting that real you down because this whole time you're trying to please this other person which means that if you feel that by being you you're going to hurt this person well let me just be nice and not mm. hurt this person or not cause any disagreement or any um conflict right but we know that in this world we're going to have to do that especially now <laughs> with everything that we see going on in, in life and society I don't think we're being called to be nice. I think we're being called to be bold, mm -hmm. gracefully bold. This does not mean that we're rude. <laughs> There's such a, 
there's, there's multiple keys that I hear in that. Um, the first one being, you know, we're created in his image. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know him, you can't know you. You can't know you. You know, we are all expressions of different facets of him. And what I say a lot is that you and him together in partnership is a unique expression in the earth. Yes. There's nothing else like it. And so if, if you don't know him, if you don't have um, a healthy view of who he is, then you're not going to be able to see yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And even as you're speaking, it's having that healthy relationship. You just reminded me of the child, the the 12 year old me, because I did not, I knew of him, but I didn't know him. Yeah. And so therefore my gifts were tainted. Mm. They were looked down upon. The moment I get to know him and and I would say, I get to have that intimate relationship where now I can say, Lord, I've seen you here mm-hmm. on earth. Now I'm accepting of my gifts, which allow me to now do what he has called me to do on this earth. And so I love the way that you put, like, I, I love the way you just, just kind of just laid it out. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, It's that encounter with him, that the experience of him, that's going to change your view. Yeah. You know, I know for me, people could talk at me all day long, but I'm stubborn (laughs) and I'm determined to have my way. And, you know, you couldn't tell me about God. I grew up in church. I know God, you you can't tell me nothing. You know, like there was attitudes there clearly, (laughs) Um, but once I encountered him and had my own personal experience with him, that's when my view of him changed. It, it wasn't in anything that anybody said to me. It, it had to be him showing up, pursuing me, letting me see who he is. For my, for my mindset to go, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> it's like that Job, um, I'm sure you've read the story of Job where he, there's a verse where he, t- it's towards the end. I think it's probably chapter 42. It's, I know it's one of the last chapters. And he says, I knew of you, but now I see you. Mm. Yeah. And when you read this man's story, I mean, there's just no, there's just no other way to put it. Like he saw God. Mm-hmm. I mean, this man literally faced every adversity possible a human could actually experience here on earth. Um, but again, I always go back to, I think there's something beautiful about our rock bottoms, mm-hmm. you know, that dark place. Yeah. Um, you get to experience encounters and moments that they really allow you to see God and see his word come to life Mm. in ways that honestly, I don't even know that there's language, human language that could really describe what that looks like and what that feels like. Mm. And so I think it takes you even to a place of humbleness 
and so it's it's even a deeper understanding as to like you know we're both entrepreneurs but it's a deeper understanding as to why you do what you do and mm -hmm. why including God into your the work that you do is so important so crucial and no longer is it an option now it's a it's non-negotiable and it even makes me think uh like you were saying earlier about comparison a lot of times I see a lot of women just starting their businesses saying, well, I can't really do that because so-and-so is already doing it, <laughs> you know, and it's just, no, like there is something unique to you, but you and I both serve a similar population, right? I've, I've been trained in trauma therapy. I could totally help the people that you help. But there's a uniqueness to each one of us that the person, there are people that are assigned to us yes. in our unique voice and frequencies, what's going to resonate with those people and they're going to be drawn to you. So let's throw comparison out. Okay. Because <laughs> it's holding you back. <laughs> no, I want to say something here. It's we're talking about including God in everything. Like one mm -hmm. of the things I pray for, I actually pray to God before I, I get a client. I'm already praying for that client. Mm -hmm. I'm asking God, God, send me the clients that need to meet me, yeah. but also position me in those places where those clients need to come across and, and connect with me. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that there's going to be there's going to be people assigned to you specifically. We're not called to serve everyone. Do you know how tiring that would be? Right. If we were called to serve everyone on this planet called Earth. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And I don't know that I want to be that relatable <laughs> because then that means that I've gone through everything. And right. that's, I'm not God. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm just a vessel. I love the specifics that He's given me. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, you, you can't serve everybody and you're not meant to. Yeah. I love to put it this way. I, I remember when I was, I had a nonprofit way back in like 2013 and one of my mentors, um, she was one of the leaders at State Farm and I was very young when I was doing this. And so she, she mentioned, cause I was caught up with the comparison. I didn't want my organization to be similar to anyone. I wanted to break the, the, the cycle. I wanted to be different. And I mean, she just brought it down to, to, in a language and in a way that I just understood. She said, there's state farms, at least here in Chicago, there's state farms almost in every block. There's McDonald's almost in every block. But the big but again <laughs> is that people are going to go to a specific state farm for a specific reason. Mm. Because at the end of the day, State Farm is just a name, right? But it's that person, that agent that's going to connect with those clients. And so, yes, there could be a State Farm two blocks from here. And they also have clients. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I go back to really knowing who you are is going to be really crucial. Mm -hmm. What you bring to the table is going to be crucial. And in that, that boldness that you obtain as you get to know yourself, now no longer are you looking at yourself less than, no longer do you find yourself comparing yourself because now you embrace who you are and you even open doors to embrace your fellow sister and her unique talents. Mm 
and her strengths. And so now, now we can work together in a healthy way, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're trying to work with someone who still hasn't reached that point. Mm -hmm. Because now everything you might do or say is a threat. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, and I would say that's not just a point to clients, but point, a point to people that you choose to partner with or collaborate with in your business. Yes. You know, I've, I've reached out to people to like, let's share platforms. Let's, you know, let's do something on mine. Let's do something on yours. And I've had them say to me, well, you know, our audiences are just so similar. I'm really not comfortable with having you on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And little do they know how much they're revealing to you. Mm, Yes. You could be her client now. (laughs) Now she needs you as a client, as a a coach. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It just so speaks to what you were saying though, about whether you're the coach or the client, right? You've, you've got to know who you are to be able to make those bold decisions, to not live in the comparison, to um, show your, like, not just show, but what's the word I'm looking for? You're displaying the gifts that God has given you with a different level of confidence when you're secure in who you are, what you carry, what he's put inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different level. And I go, and I go back to this because I talk a lot on comparison. It's that time, you know, that there's no way ever that I could compare myself because the things that you've experienced, the education that you've probably received, um, the life adversities, like, within that time there's just so much things moving pieces that are unique mm-hmm. to you and that will be specifically needed for the people that are going to come seeking you yeah i would even say from the the delivery the mm-hmm. mannerisms i mean there's people that won't hire you because of your mannerisms and then there's others that will hire you because of them yeah. i remember a woman that i met and I don't know. She was just like, I need to get the, I need to get to know this woman. She loved my orange blazer. She thought it was bold. (laughs) It was like, she was like, you were just wearing those, those vivid colors in a time where everybody's just kind of dark. And that stood out for her. And she ended up being a client. And so it's interesting how God, God will use anything and everything. Mm Hmm. I think there's a responsibility that we have and it's, it's really stepping into that woman that he has created us to be yeah. putting all those limiting beliefs and doubts to the side. And, and of course this takes time yeah. and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of growing. That's why I believe in continued education. I never stop learning. The word even t- talks about it. Seek wisdom. I believe wisdom sets you free from a lot of things that we have been held captive from. And that could look very different for everyone. So even that, mm. the way I could yeah. compare myself because we're all being held captive in, at, at different levels, at different things, right? Yep. So. Mm. Mm. So much goodness there. <laughs> well, we started out with talking about 12-year-old Arsamaris. 
Let's go back to her for a moment. If you could turn by time, talk to her again, what would you tell her? I think number one is, um, I won't even ref like refer to her differently. I think baby girl, you've mm -hmm. got everything that you need. That discernment that you never thought was a discernment, it's, it's a gift. Use it, embrace it, and run with it. Because the impact that you will cause in this world, you can't even imagine. Mm. Because no longer now are you serving human masters, now you're serving the kings of kings. And that right there to me is an explosion. Wow. I wish I would have known everything. Obviously, you know, life is life, but I wish I would have known a lot of, of who I was back then. I had a lot of gifts and I, I embrace them now, but I'm just like, I can't, like, it gets me emotional because I can't believe that I, I shut down a lot of my gifts when I was that young. Mm. Because of poor, um, I would say, um, lack of knowledge. I think there's a verse too, it says, my people perish, <laughs> right? Because of that lack of knowledge. And so today, that's my goal. I, the word even says, even if you think you've reached it, you have it. But that's my goal is to seek wisdom, to obtain as much knowledge as I can. And so I love, I love, love, love to learn. Hmm. I'm never, uh, how would I say it? I love being around older folks because you learn so much from them. Mm -hmm. I love having my, my leaders around me because I learn. It, I think you move faster <laughs> when you have these people around you, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a pastor, a mentor, life moves forward a lot faster when you are in a community like that. It's hard. It's really hard when you're trying to do it by yourself. Hmm. Really hard. Yeah, it's so important to surround yourself with those people who are you know, like iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> that whole thing of, of just, you're going to have acceleration and they're going to have acceleration because you're, you're bringing together your collective experiences, understandings, knowledge, all, all this, you know, coming together, we're made to be in community. Yeah. And that just spurs us on and you want to surround yourself with those people who are going to challenge you. Yes. Yes. I use yeah. that, like there's an acceleration. And I think even with the clients that I serve, I always say, especially when I host my retreats, um, I learn also. Like, yes, I'm pouring in, but there's this thing that also happens because we do welcome the Holy Spirit. We're now, you're learning as well. Mm. And so we're both growing yeah. in the space of, you know, me guiding you and counseling you. Yeah. And I know you have another retreat coming up. So tell us about that and how they can get information about it. Yeah. So we have a retreat happening on November 18th and we are making room for mental health specifically for, especially for leaders. I think we, we sometimes struggle in silence because mm -hmm. of the fear, because of the shame of what people might think or people no longer seeing us as those leaders because, hey, guess what? We're human. Mm -hmm. And yes, 
we also struggle. And, and making room that even if you are a believer, this does not exempt you mm. from experiencing whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety. And so we're gonna be hosting um, a retreat in Indiana um, where we're going to have a very small intimate group of women um, and, and guiding them. We're gonna have an expert come in with trauma and she's going to be helping on that aspect. And then I'll be helping on the healing portion and just building those foundations to heal. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm super, super excited um, to be hosting this next retreat. Yeah, it's so needed. It's really so needed because I think there is that stigma around, well, I'm the leader, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm supposed to be okay. I'm supposed oh, to have the answers. The <laughs> be okay all the time. Answers all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you do come across um, leaders who, who aren't fully walking in the healing, the, in freedom that they could have because that fear of being vulnerable and saying, uh, I'm not actually perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm super excited about this, you know, happy to help spread the word about it. Cause I think it's so valuable and so needed in the space that we're in. And, um, yeah, especially even just, just coming out of, um, dare I say the COVID season, uh, you know, this, this, it's like, yeah, there's been a wave of um, mental health things come to the surface during those, that, that period of time where we were all stuck in our house, <laughs> right, with everybody else in our family. And it's like, uh, I actually may not like these people. <laughs> I, you know, I always say that 2020, I mean, we experienced so many mm. things, but I think one of them was, was truth. Mm-hmm. Back then, no longer we were busy busy we no longer yeah. had this direction we only yeah. now have room to sit with the reality and the truth that was always sitting in front of us yep i, I want to say it brought a lot of truth but as we know truth can hurt sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and so I'm, I'm not surprised that the numbers have gone up whether mm-hmm. it's anxiety, whether it's depression you know unfortunately yep. the suicide rates have gone up as well mm-hmm yeah, and like you say, you know, leaders are not immune, believers are not immune. Like, so if any of this is resonating with you, check it out. I'm gonna have all the links in the in the description and go check out that that retreat. And I would just, you know, I just, hmm, I feel like I just need to pray. Can we pray? Hmm. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this time. I just want to pray for everyone listening or watching that if any of this is resonating with them, that you would give them the strength and the boldness to sign up, to click that link, to pursue the healing that you have for them, Mm. that they not be held back by any fear or complacency, that they wouldn't push it to the side and say, I'll do it later, but that you would put an urgency on this, that they would feel an urgency to pursue the healing that you have waiting for them. 
And I just thank you for your beautiful daughter, our Samaris, that you have given her this passion to help heal your daughters and that she has partnered with you in doing that. I thank you for the work that you're doing in her, through her, with her. Mm, and just so grateful that you have brought us together for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Mm, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Suzanne. It's always a pleasure. I always say I, en I enjoy talking to you because of this. Mm -hmm. um, the freedom that you feel in the conversations mm. I think this dynamic dynamics like this are so much needed mm -hmm. to just really speak of of our struggles with hope but including God and mm -hmm. you know a lot of people have this misconception of who God is and you know it's my hope that even in our conversation today that there was a different lens a different glimpse of what our Abba Father actually looks like. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about me or any of my guests, all of the links are in the description below the video. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it on all your social pages. Until next time, remember that you have the power to multiply life without burnout.